Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, welcome to Going Off Track. Welcome. welcome. You're welcome. I'm welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, I can do that better than you. I just wanted to cough. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Sounds sounded pretty mean. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the zinc that I'm taking. I'm taking zinc supplements, everyone. Thank you for your concern. Because he can't smell anything. I haven't. Sm- I don't have a sense of smell. I haven't really smelled anything since I was 17. Um, and it all depends on my health. And I remember getting really bad food poisoning once and just had one of those things where I just, I didn't eat for four days. You ever had that food poisoning where you're like, I, I don't want to eat anymore. This sucks. And after four days I was like in New York going, Oh my God, this place is rank. Like oh, I did. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. You know, that, you know how you walk down that street and all of a sudden you pass the garbage, you don't realize it and you have to stop yourself from gagging. Yeah. I didn't have that experience for a while. Wow. That's weird. Yeah. That's what I got. Then I got back on my shitty all chocolate diet and haven't had a sense of smell since. <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Um, your deficiency? It's, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I have a lot of deficiencies. Jonah, you're the healthiest person I know. No, that's not true. That is totally true. Although I am <laughs> drinking warm water with coconut oil and honey in it now, all day oh, nice. and in the mornings, trying to get <laughs> some uh, some raw fats. Yeah, you diet. can do that by eating Raw almonds fats? too. That's the coconut oil. Well, or just healthy fats. Yes. Does it make you poop? If that's uh, no mm. oil. I made the big switch to uh, vegetarianism about a month ago. What is that? Oh, vegetarianism. That's just how I pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did you really? Yeah. yeah, I stopped eating. I, I didn't eat it that much anyway, so it was really easy. And I was kind of going pescatarian for a while, but um, I just. I just quit and I was, <clears throat> and it was an article at, on, on vice that, that got me to do it. And it was really interesting. It was very funny. It was, um, who's, who's the writer. Um, I want to have him on, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis Tate, T A E T E. Uh, and it was just funny. He wrote an article about being, I'm not a pretentious vegan. I'm just, I actually eat terribly. And he wrote this line that just, I can't stop thinking about. It was, um, uh, uh, in an ideal world, I would eat pretty much nothing but meat and cheese served in or on some kind of gray carbohydrate. But we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world where the best tasting kind of foods are literally made from death and suffering. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And then he's, he goes on. He's like, um, 
He's like, I don't need meat and animal products because they are a giant fucking bummer. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Now I'm bummed. <laughs> and then it just goes and then it just goes forward. He's like, but he's like, I'm not a pretentious, you know, vegan. Like, do do whatever. Like, no one is ethical. And then it linked to another great article on Vice about um someone talking about uh what was her name? About like no one can be you can't be ethical, like in this world, because there's always something connected to something you're doing that's completely unethical. Uh, Megan uh, K O E S T E R Coaster. I'm sorry. This was, these were both in July. They were great. See, I but, look at it. The way I look at it is that you know most of these farms raise these raise animals in really unkind conditions, and so by killing them and eating them, I'm putting them out of their misery. You are doing them a favor. That is one way to look at it, and it's and it's not uncommon. But <laughs> th- this guy, uh, he's great. He goes on to be like, you know what? Like I have an iPhone, and and someone was suffering to make this. You know, the clothes I have, someone was suffering to make right. this. And I don't know why. I have no idea. But just for the past like two months, all I've been feeling is I'm just like this wave of collective guilt that is just taking over my entire persona. So it's the uh, zinc. I just started the zinc yesterday. <laughs> it can't be the zinc. Maybe the zinc will help. And I might, I might go back to it. I have no idea, but it's, it's just one of those, it's one of those weird things where every time I think, like even for Thanksgiving, like Trish made this amazing. We hosted Thanksgiving, which was just another just a bucket of insanity um, that I stayed the hell away from. I'm like, I'll watch the kids. Right. But she made this amazing turkey with like she crunched up garlic cloves and like stuffed it under the skin of the thing. And all I'm thinking about was, boy, that turkey was really scared when they killed it. That's, and I can't, so I didn't eat any. Oh. Yeah. There you have but, it, guys. Uh, here's to you and your, you know, new veganism. That's I don't know. Uh, we're trying. No, I'm not vegan because I do eat cheese. Vegetarianism. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how far it goes. We'll keep you no. guys posted. Uh, and I would like to add that we are doing a live podcast in two days. Woohoo! Two days from now. I'm not ready. How's my hair? It looks great. Shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will be at Union Hall on December 12th from 7 to 9 for our latest live podcast. Will we- it just be us or will there be any special guests? I am so glad you asked me that, Brad. <laughs> uh, we will have Jenna Friedman, who's a hilarious comedian who has worked on uh, works on The Daily Show now. He used to, I think, write for Letterman. Um, and we will have Emil Amos, who's been on the podcast. He's in Ohm, Holy Sons, um, Grails, some other cool bands, and Walter Schreifels, who's, uh, you may know from Quicksand, Gorilla Biscuits, World's Fastest Car, his new band on Jeff's label is, uh, Vanishing Life. Uh, he's been in a million other bands too. Uh, he also, he also had Walter Schreifels in the motorcycles, I believe. I think that was only in Japan, but po- I could could be wrong on that one. Very possible. And we'll also have a couple more guests uh, that we are I'm kind of in the process of figuring out in the next day or two. So check uh, twitter.com slash going off track for any updates on that. Um, and you can get tickets at Union Hall's website or the day of the show. I don't think it's I don't think it's sold out yet. And if you do get to Union Hall and you drink whiskey, they have this alibi whiskey there that they mix with some sort of ginger ale. I Fall asleep thinking about that drink. Yes. So buy one for Steven. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody out. suffered making that damn thing. No way, baby. You can drink that guilt-free and be yeah. even more guilt-free when it's gone. <laughs> and today on the podcast is Chris Cresswell from a band called The Flatliners, who Steven turned me on to. And I, I did? Yes. You for did. real? Yeah, you were always talking about them. 
I love the flatliners. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. I've seen them a bunch and the, I always thought they were fascinating, but it is very rare that I introduced Jonah to any band. It is true. But uh, yeah, so I didn't know Chris and we came in, did the interview. And then after the interview, I was like, I want to be best friends with this guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're, they're so cool. They were, they were one of those bands. And again, I hate to bring it up again, but that, 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 that awful fat record showcase, it was a great showcase, but South by Southwest Flatliners played. This is where Screeching Weasel, Ben Weasel, you know, got in the fight with the women. It was awful. It was rude. And afterwards, there was supposed to be this big tour of flatliners banner pilot um i think i think dead to me no uh yeah dead to me and they're supposed to go on tour with screeching weasel and flatliners were leading the charge of like fuck this guy kill the tour forget it we don't want to be associated with this bullshit and i watched all these bands go you know what fuck them forget it we'll we'll lose money to, to not hang around this prick yeah that's awesome it's really really cool dudes i, I love them Yeah, so let's hear him talk. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris from the Flatliners. Um, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming. No problem. My pleasure, man. Um, It's great to finally meet you. We have a lot of mutual friends. Yes, we do. And so you're on this one-week record store, and people are probably used to seeing you with the Flatliners. Yeah. I'm used to seeing me with the Flatliners. <laughs> What's it sort of been like to kind of do, like, is this something you've wanted to play solo for a while or how did it kind of um, come up? I have wanted to, I guess there's been a part of me that's wanted to do it or try it, I should say, for a while. Um, so then years ago, I started playing the odd acoustic show in Toronto when the band was home from tour or, you know, if we were going to the fast in Gainesville or like Pusa and Montreal, one of those kind of things like, you know, where we were there for the whole weekend, but the band was only doing a set, I could play an acoustic show too. Um, it was like easy to justify it. Uh, but to be honest with you, over time I started writing these songs. Oh, thank you. That's your black. I hope you like it. Oh yeah, I do. Thank you very much. These keys actually as well. Um, I started writing these songs over the course of, you know, a few years, but I never really thought I would do anything with them. I, if I did anything, I'd want to do like some seven inches here and there and kind of make it like not difficult for people to get but just kind of collectible and more of a challenge rather than like here's another guy from a band doing a solo thing right until joey approached me about this one week records thing and i couldn't say no i mean at that point i was just thinking okay like i have these songs this could be cool it's if that's a fun challenge in its own to just you know try to record a record in a week and yeah. actually pull it off. <laughs> what was that kind of process like? Was it like stressful? Uh, it was a little stressful, but only a little bit. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I I didn't think that I didn't think that recording an acoustic record would be so exhausting, you know, because I'm thinking like, oh, it's just an acoustic guitar, right, <laughs> right. Know? But uh, I mean, you know, like I'm usually in the studio the whole time the band works on a record, but I was the only one playing on this record for the most part. You know, Joey played like a little bit of percussion here and there, and. We did like this, we, you know, we worked together on a lot of ideas, but it was, you know, like draining too, like mentally, because you have seven days to record 10 songs, you know? I mean, most of them were written beforehand. Like, I think we finished, Joey and I worked on one or two of them, like a lot together in the studio to just kind of wrap up lyrics or just little, little sections of them here and there. But for the most part, they were all pretty much ready to go. But still, like, it was, they were long days. And then we wouldn't like just go to bed. We would, you know drink like half a bottle of Jameson and then talk and he'd tell me all these awesome stories. Yeah, <laughs> then, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It's his home studio. So for me, growing up on Lagwagon and, and Bad Astronaut and stuff and like, you know, meeting Joey a few years ago on tour with the Flatliners, like it was, that was rad enough. And then, you know, a couple years later, I'm 
sleeping in his studio, working on an album, hanging out with him day and night for seven days. It was great. Yeah. And, and it was to hang I, out with him on tour. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it's, it's been cool. I mean, the tour is a lot of fun because I spend a lot of time on the road, but not in this way. You know, there's like old routines, obviously, that really like take over and you can, you, I don't think you'll ever be able to like get rid of those, but. Um, it's, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? There's way more time to do stuff. Load in takes five seconds. Yeah. Cause it's two guitars and a keyboard and like a keyboard stand and like a cable bag, <laughs> one box of merch rather than four huge bins of merch. Cause the flatliners always have like five, six t-shirt designs and every record we've ever put out and all this stuff. Right. So it's simplified, which is cool. We started doing that. We started just taking out bands yeah. that would carry our stuff or we'd use their yeah. back line. Like our last tour we did just rented like a minivan. Yeah. It was great. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, th- th- this tour is long, so we're in a van. It's like a five-week tour, but it's cool because we go virtually everywhere in North America. Well, almost, I guess. Uh, but, I mean, going forward, like, I know so many guys that, you know, do the acoustic thing as well, either on the side or as their main thing, and they'll just, you know, fly out somewhere and yeah, rent a car, get a buddy, and do that, and then fly home. Have you ever Seems seen cool. any of those, like, Dave Bazan house shows? I never have. No. I always go to all of them when yeah. it comes out here. I'm like a little bit like oh, yeah, too course. into it, but like he's been on the podcast a bunch of times cool. and they're like, they're so incredible. Cause it's like, you realize like how much better it is. The artist gets all the money. He's just playing acoustic guitar. People are sitting on the floor yeah. drinking beer. It's like, awesome. Everyone's cool. Yeah. My friend Rob Moir, uh, M-O-I-R, he's from Toronto. He just did this like bicycle tour in Europe. So he just rode his bike everywhere. From city to city. So he'd play a show, you know, and then like, like the, the, the rooting and the length of the tour is definitely, you know, like a little, a little strange compared to a normal tour because he's on a bike. But that's what he would do. He'd just ride his bike, you know, into Berlin and then he'd have like a house show that night. Yeah. So cool. Do you know that <laughs> dude, Aaron, who was in like Marathon and like De La Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went to school with him in Ithaca. Oh, cool. And he... Uh, he came through here and he did like a bike tour. He went down to Florida, like from here. Oh my God. Like he on a had, like, bicycle? A, on a bicycle with another guy. And the, the guy had like the guitars, like on a little cart behind the bike. And they went like all the way down. No and he like wasn't like a biking guy. Like he's like hurt his knee and just like oh, kept wow. going. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Doing bikes. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could not do that with a full band. No way. <laughs> um, so you guys are from Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Well, like. Yeah, you know, we live in Toronto now. Gotcha. Or not. We grew up in the burbs of Toronto. <laughs> we just played at that place, uh, Sneaky D's. Yeah, I, I work think. at Sneaky D's. Really? Yeah. We played there. It was really... F- Actually, Brad, some of the people from here were up there working cool. on a Converse thing. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I work there. I'm, I'm barely there, but when I'm home, really? I work there, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I wanted to be there this weekend. I saw that great shows happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a, I got a text from Greg today. He's like, just sending this out now because I know what it gets like. If you want to come to the great show, tell me today. I was like, I want to, but I can't go. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, awesome. but that'll, did, that'll be a great I did show. some of the liner notes for the reissue. The oh, cool. The Magnets thing. Awesome. Which was like... Dude, right? it's an incredible record. It is. Yeah, it's cool record. that they're a band again. Yeah. Yeah, I've yet to been able to see them live since they got... That's like the... Me too. Like, it's one of the only bad things about touring, you know, is that like you, all this cool stuff happens at home and you're away. You miss it all. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, But you get how- to make cool memories away, so... Are you home for a while after this, or the Flatliners kind of pick back up? Man, or? this fall is crazy. Yeah. So we just did like two and a half or three weeks, Europe, UK, Ireland, and then I was home for seven hours. I flew home with the guys, went home for seven hours. And before I went home, it was weird because all the guys were like, have a great tour, man. 
I'm like, wow, you've never said that to me before. <laughs> this is so fucking weird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just so strange. And uh, but anyway, uh, either way, so I, go, I, go, I went home. I saw my girlfriend. I saw my cat. I did laundry. Went back to the airport the next morning and flew to San Francisco to rehearse with Brian and Joey a little bit for the tour. And then this tour started the next day. This tour is five weeks long. And then I'm home for five days. And then the Flatliners go out for six weeks. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I have like tiny little pockets of home, like uh, of time at home. And like this last weekend was one of those pockets for me. I went home for a friend's wedding, uh, which was great because I'd been on the road for like 40 days. And I was like, okay, I could go home just for a few days and decompress and hang out and not do anything. Right. Um, but all in all, with those little pockets included, it's a 13-week tour. It's nuts. Who are the Fatliners going out with? Uh, we're doing, uh, it's kind of like a bunch of different bands on each leg. So we're doing East Coast Canada with Teenage Kicks and Solids. Uh, Teenage Kicks are from Toronto. Solids are from Montreal. Two amazing bands. And then uh, East Coast U.S. Down to Fest is going to be Single Mothers and Solids. Oh, nice. Um, and then we're playing a Brooklyn show. Oh, no, I think our Brooklyn show is without those two bands because it's during CMJ. Is that the Acheron? Is that am I saying that yeah. right? Acheron with yeah. timeshares and sad in French, and then we play fest, and then we do a tour with Hot Water Music and Dave Hawes after oh, the fest. Anniversary thing, yeah, that's Stoked, amazing. Stoked for that tour, we all are. It's going to be a lot of fun, and then we do two shows in the Northwest with the Greenery and Lee Corey Oswald, awesome band, and then cross Canada's with the Greenery and this Canadian band called Slates, who are really cool, and then we do the last like four shows of the year. It's kind of like the, the the lineup is like kind of a mixed bag, but all in all, like all the shows are uh, with like when you add it all up, it's Pup, Dirt, uh, the Dirty Nil, and Such Gold. Oh, nice! And then we're done for I mean probably a while, a few months or something. Yeah, <laughs> so we can catch our breath. What do you do kind of when you're home and you're not kind of on the road? I'll work at Sneaky D's every once in a while. Okay. Like I'll do like I'll just bartend and wait tables there and stuff. They're super supportive of me. I remember me. the girl working the door there was so nice. Everyone there is rad. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a bar too. So obviously like if you get on someone's bad side, they won't be so nice. Right, but right. <laughs> Even in Canada, believe it or not. But uh, yeah, they're so cool with me coming and going, man. They're so supportive of it. It's been, I've worked there for three years. But I think if I were to add up, if I were to like, you know, a, like you know set my schedule to a normal four or five day a week kind of thing i may have worked there for a year you know it's pretty right, silly right. one of the guys from silverstein works there too and we never see each other oh, yeah? even though we're friends and we work together we never see each other because <laughs> we're on the road all the time but I, pretty much once a month i just tell them when i'm home and when i'm away for the upcoming month and then they're they've been cool with it so far that's amazing and now that we're talking about it on the podcast <laughs> they're hopefully going to continue to be cool with it <laughs> um so when you're not working, you just hang out with your girlfriend, do just regular Pretty much. Stuff. I do like graphic design for bands yeah, and stuff about that. here and there. Yeah, it's, that... it's just a thing I do on the side. It's fun. Yeah. I'm all self-taught, so it's I know my limitations and stuff. But some people enjoy my limitations, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Did you start out, I'm assuming, just kind of doing it for your own band and then it yeah, kind of turned totally. into... Like I started doing it. The band started when we were all 14. So I started doing that kind of thing probably around the same time because, you know, we needed like a splash image before it was even probably called a splash image for you know our website like our .cjb.net or whatever it was one of those free ones you could get you know after it was like angelfire.com slash punk3 slash the flatliners all this stuff so we, we moved to the the free server where it would be your band name plus you know dot this crazy long thing right geocities um, yeah totally yeah, and yeah. then uh, I, we, we just needed little like images and stuff like that so I do it all in like Microsoft Paint uh, and it looked so bad and it was just pretty punk kind of shit like it would be like 
like you know like a like a bomb exploding with our band name over it and you couldn't even read the band name uh and then over time we just needed more stuff and like tour posters and shirts and whatever so i've just been doing that i actually don't even do that much stuff for the flatliners anymore just because we're always busy and then other people have been hitting me up over the years which has been cool um but yeah, it's it, it's something I'd like to take more seriously, but I need more time to like yeah. set aside for it. That's the thing. The busier the band is, I I just I hate being the guy who's like doing stuff like design work for his friends' bands while he's on the road and like is turning in this work like a week late. You know what I mean? Like you know, everyone has like dates they need to announce a tour or get their like right. print files to or like a manufacturer for vinyl or CDs or whatever. I just don't want to be that guy. And I feel like I'm usually that guy. My friends are very understanding, though. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea you guys formed when you were so young. Yeah. We've been banned for 12 years, and we're all like 26, 27 years old. That's so crazy. It's pretty crazy. Same four dudes, too. Wow. Yeah. So was that like, how did that kind of affect school and that kind of stuff? Um, I mean, none of us were really into school anyways. Like, some more than others, but none of us really wanted to continue going is to school after we graduated. Is it kind of the same in Canada? Like, is it a lot of people go to college and a lot of people don't? Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I think it's just like a, you know, like a, I was, I was, I was about to say like a Western kind of institution, but I feel like everywhere it's just like that. Well, not yeah. everywhere, obviously, but a lot of, a lot of countries all over the world just, you know, like you're kind of spoon fed the idea that like once you get older, you, you know, are almost finished high school, you better know what you want to do with the rest of your life because you're like 16 or 17 so by that point you know you must know what you want to do for the rest of your days so then you have to choose a school and then you have to apply for all these schools and you have to you have to apply to more than one obviously because if you don't get in that first one you know you have to have a safe school and all this stuff obviously and then then you go through and you spend all this money but it's so intangible and so great and then you graduate and then you're in debt and then you need, you have to get a job, but sometimes it's hard to get a job. And then you get married. You know, the whole deal, uh, the whole thing. It, uh, it just never really was that appealing to us. We knew what we wanted to do when we were kids was play music. I was into, like, photography and English and, and, and history and geography and stuff in school. I was into it. I just didn't like being at school. And I couldn't see myself going to school after high school for music because I was worried it would ruin it for me. And that's not to say that people who go to school for music, it would be ruined. Not at all. I don't mean that. I just mean for myself. Same thing with photography. I was like really concerned that it would just, I would kind of lose my lust for it, you know, if I had to study it. So the guys and I all kind of decided when we were kids, it's just like, well, let's just try this because school is not going to go anywhere. So, I mean, we could go back to school, you know, say by the time we're 30, we're all like, I don't want to tour anymore. You know what I mean? Or like right. we're going to tour half the year or whatever. Or we'll just tour in the summer. You know, like this happens to bands all the time. I mean, you could go to school then. It's not going to go anywhere. So going forward, we knew we weren't going to continue our schooling and just we would try touring and stuff. And we've been doing it ever since. While we were in high school, we were definitely not going to class much on Friday or Monday because we'd be playing shows every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, like a lot of our, like, our parents weren't really like that stoked initially on the band just because of that. You know, we were like missing school and whatever. But they came around and now like, you know, 12 years later, it's been going really well. It, gets, it seems to get better every year. Slow build, which is nice. And now you could have been like, listen, in 12 years, we can just do all this stuff online anyways. We're not going to need to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the other thing, too. Like, you, it's but... at like, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, back then, no one, no one would have, no one would have aligned their, their selves with that for sure. But yeah, it's been, it's been cool, man. And I mean, yeah, any of us could do that at this point. It's just, I don't, I, I still don't even know what I would go to school for. I don't either. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm content just not doing it. My girlfriend, you know, and and like and and friends and family, I and mean, you you have the same kind of people in your life, I'm sure that have like crazy student debt, you know. Yeah. And like I said, like they graduated and they have a degree in something really cool and, and intelligent and and worthwhile and meaningful to a lot of people and especially to them, but they can't get a job. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's changing a lot. Yeah. I think it's becoming like less and less important sort of. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think, you know, it's the whole like it's not like I was going to say like the whole subculture kind of, you know, takes over. It's not really that. It's just people realizing you don't need it as much. Yeah. You know, it's one of those like strange conundrums where you're thinking like, you know, I have to apply for this job, but they won't hire me unless I have the experience. So where do I get the experience from in the first place? So many people that go to school and spend so much of their time and so much of their money, you know, working towards something, thinking that's the experience they need in order to get that job. It's not usually, you know, obviously in every field it's different, but for the most part, it's, yeah. that's not the experience. You need work experience. And how do you get that? It's just whole, you know, downward endless spiral. Yeah. I started working at AP. I was a music editor there from 02 to 05, yeah. Alternative Press. And I got the job because I did a zine. Yeah. Like I had nothing. I mean, it's I started awesome. kind of writing, but it was like, I put more work into that than my school. And yeah. that's the thing that directly contributed to me getting a job, I think, more than right. anything else. Yeah. But you it's, had the experience because you just right. did it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You knew what to do. It's the same yeah. idea, I think. I mean, I mean, these days being a musician and stuff, it's, it's exciting too, because now I have this other kind of side of things with the acoustic like record and everything. Um, the, I mean, the band would always be my focus. I just knew that we would have this time off, you know, so I jumped at the opportunity to do the tour with Joey and Brian and it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, it's cool because I mean, after a while too, in any job, you know, not that I'm saying the Flatliners is a job to me, but you know, and like in anything you do, you, you get kind of bored sometimes. Yeah. You just need like a refresher. You know what I mean? It's not that you don't enjoy the company of your bandmates, your friends. It's not that you don't enjoy the fact that you get to travel the world seeing these awesome places because you write music, you write songs with your buddies. It's not that. You just, you know, you do something enough. That you're just like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to try this and the acoustic thing has been fun because i don't have to like run around on stage scream i still sweat a lot but <laughs> you know what i mean it's a whole different thing and it's exciting to see you know you have these different avenues you can like try to be like tr try your hand at creativity and if people like it cool i mean i was a little worried that no one would like the acoustic stuff i started doing because it's so different than the band you know, it's not really folky or anything like a lot of, you know, like guys in punk bands like really love folk music. So they'll do that. I mean, like there's been so many guys that have done it so well. Obviously, like I think Chuck Reagan's one of the guys that have paved the way for a lot of people to sure. get the balls to do it because it's so different from hot water music and everything. But it's great. You know, and he's just he's a brave. He's a real live man. You know, he's he's very brave, you yes. know, and he's great at what he does. So he he trailblazed that shit, I think, you know, and. It's cool, but I mean, I wasn't doing like the like that kind of thing. It was more like I kind of see it as like acoustic pop music. So I didn't know if people who like the punk rock band or rock and roll band I play with would like this. But it's been well received, so it's exciting for me to see you know two avenues now. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, was it like I feel like sort of like what you're talking about? I feel like so much of that stuff is like almost like isn't like a conscious decision like you just kind of start doing something yeah. and then you're like oh this is what i do yeah i mean was this something that you kind of struggled with or were you just like kind um, of like just say yes and then you're like well i guess this is it was it was a little bit of both i mean i i, I think I th i've been told i think way too much um about stuff but at the same time this whole thing was kind of just acting on it because like i said like i would do shows here and there and write songs here and there but I never really thought too much about like where it could go. 
And then when Joey approached me to do the album, I was just like, of course, why would I not? You know, I might as well try it with, you know, a guy who I've looked up to and respected as a musician for years, you know? Um, it was, but again, it was like a tough pill to swallow because I was like, well, I don't want this to get in the way of the band. And I don't want to like, I'm nervous to put myself out there in a, it's a pretty vulnerable state to put yourself out there and, you know, and also I get super nervous still sometimes playing shows on my own because it's on my own with the right. band and like you know we know each other so well and even if it's like the biggest show we've ever played it's still like it's exciting because we're like sharing it together you can look around on stage and even if you flub a note or sing the wrong lyric whatever you can like laugh about it with your friends if i do that with an acoustic guitar dude like all you'll hear is that bad note like or that wrong lyric. Tune, like, <laughs> yeah. then it's like the only thing exactly hearing. and I, it, it it racks my brain a little bit still but it's just all part of you know getting comfortable with it and stuff but um, I did just kind of jump at the opportunity because I, I hoped I could do it, you know. And then it really like lit a fire into my ass to kind of get these half ideas I had for so long, like to get working on those. Luckily, the band had already, you know, put out Dead Language, so we were like we weren't really like writing a lot of stuff together or anything. So right. I had like a little bit of like a like a moment there to kind of work on something else, and it was exciting, man. Like after playing in a punk band for so long, it was cool to just like most of our songs started in acoustic guitar, anyways. So it's fun to like write a song on that and it stays on that. Right. You know, when you say sort of like you think too much, I mean, is that just something kind of in your, cause I, I'm like super neurotic. <laughs> yeah. I talk about it all the time, but I mean, is that just something in kind of like your daily life? Yeah. Where it's just like you're in your head a lot. Or? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I've been told by people too, not, not like sternly or, you know, aggressively or anything, but friends and family and stuff like, what are you thinking about right now? You haven't said anything in a while, but it's weird. Cause when I get nervous, I'll talk a lot on stage, whatever. But, uh, it's strange. Yeah, I think I just like, you know, people probably do it more than they even realize. You just analyze a lot of stuff. Well, especially if you like get into meditation and you're trying yeah. to like pay attention to your thoughts or yeah. like try to like, and you're just like, oh my God, I can't count to three without like. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of think that it's just because I'm always on the go on tour. And when I'm home, you know, working at a bar and doing like graphic design stuff, I just, I always have something to do. Yeah. So it's it's a thing where I always, you know, think I'm always kind of I always have to think of like what I have to do next. There's like it's it's kind of more like a like a constant like checklist or like to-do list kind of thing, you know? And it's yeah, it's like it just involves with me like it, it just it, it just involves me thinking all day about what I have to do after the thing I'm doing in this moment. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I think it's very <laughs> normal though. I think yeah, no it is. People, I'm sure it is, yeah. I think it but I read this really interesting book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it talked about, like, if you think about something, not like, if you think about something, you'll make a b- better decision usually than if you don't think about it. But if you think about it too much, then you actually start making the wrong decision. Of course. Again, oh, yeah. Which I, like, read that and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that doesn't help at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ugh. So now I try, like, when I make a decision, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is what I decided. Like, I'm not going to, like, yeah. research this for another four hours. Yeah, of course. You got to you got to take a you got to take a breather. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, the theory of going with your gut. Yeah. You know, like been uh it's a I mean, it's a tale as old book. as time. Actually, yeah, yeah it sounds like I should. I was just thinking about that. Why why that like there's a whole like neurology science behind why that actually is true. Yeah. I mean, I but it's weird cuz for some people it's instinctual to think too much, to overthink it, you know? That that's their gut is to right, like really right. analyze it. So it that's gets true. gets to be dangerous almost, but um yeah, I think that it's the same thing as working on an album, right? Like I call it studio years. So you hear like you you work on something so long 
And if you hear, there was this one time we were recording a song for Dead Language. It didn't end up on the album. It came out on a split seven inch with Make Do and Mend last year. The song's called Daggers. And I actually have an acoustic version of that song on my acoustic record. And we were recording it, and there's these weird, like, kind of dissonant notes that Scott and I play together. We play different notes, so they kind of add up to this weird chord. And one of the notes was super out of tune, and we couldn't figure out which one it was because we had studio ears. So we started, because we were working on this one part for so long that we were like freaking out about which note it was. We couldn't figure it out at all because we honed in on one thing for too long. Yeah. And we started thinking about it, and then, and then we like, fixed it we like nailed it you know and then we're like oh man now that sounds bad now that sounds bad it probably was fine to begin with you know we just like isolated this one part luckily it was just like you know just guitars were the problem i guess and we fixed it and but it like it was never fixed almost you know like in the studio we're thinking oh yeah we got it right but then it just creates so many more problems and going through like mixes of a record oh my god dude like all of us like wig out so bad. None of us can can think straight after like you know round two of yeah. mixes, you know, because you start being, to hear things yeah, yeah. that aren't even maybe there. I think it's the worst thing to be in there for the mix. I feel like yeah. I, I just feel like give it to someone you trust totally, and like say kind of what I want, and then send it to me, yeah. and then we'll tweak it from there. But of course, I feel just sitting there and and you're always like. I think I should be louder, but if I say that, it makes it sound like I think I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... Of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's strange, but I mean, we, we go through that all the time with uh, with Flatliners Records, and it's it'll never end. I think everyone goes through that. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but it's a weird thing of, like, if you just go with your gut. We did, like, you know, almost all that stuff live. Like, other than, like, lead stuff we would do for Dead Language and all the songs around it, I guess, we did afterwards but we did all the bed tracks together all live and there was like you know there's some like gnarly stuff in there there's some crappy notes or whatever or tuning or whatever but it sounds like a band right which That's is what important. we wanted to do yeah we really wanted to do that because we're really proud of and, and happy with all our records in the past but you know like cavalcade turned out we were really happy with it but at the same time we started playing the songs live and then we we're thinking like oh man like is that how that part goes and we'd go back and listen to it we're like whoa this sounds so like clean you know and polished and stuff and we you know we're thinking like cool we made like a polished clean clear sounding record good for us great but going forward from there we're thinking we got to do everything live um luckily you can fix those leads if you do them after right that's what happened scott and i (laughs) yeah 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 but i mean yeah it's just like because we just didn't want it to be perfect right but then you get into the whole your everyone's mind changes you know what i mean after a while it's like four people i mean in our case four people you know collaborating on like a song like an idea an album a whole theme or whatever it is you know like it's all encompassing thing and you start at point a with this idea of doing it live and stuff and then you get deeper into it and you're like well we could just fix that and you're like no you have to you know turn people down like no way no no no, we have to leave that we have to leave that bed track that rhythm track the way it is it's a little fucked up but it could be cool You know, but then the, the the cheat is to do all the leads after. <laughs> well, it's weird too. I feel like even when you hear something, you're almost like filtering it through your own experiences. So it's yeah. like I feel like someone could be next to me hearing the same thing and it sounds totally different to them. Of course. Yeah. Which is, I mean, to put it plainly, that's a total trip to think about that totally. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I mean, that, that's the beautiful thing I think about music is that there's no right or wrong. Someone's like, oh, that band sucks. Like, to you. Right. Doesn't mean I'm right. And liking right. them doesn't mean you're right in not liking them or, right. you know, it's, that's beautiful, man. I, I I think the whole, it's all, you know, perception and perspective and that's, that's the best part. It's funny, like, you know, being on like, 
like message boards and stuff and like reading what people write. Half the time it's not even about like what's been posted. It's just like, you know, people just saying weird shit on the internet. But the, you know, there's a whole mask involved with the internet. So you can kind of say whatever you want. Right. And I mean, but it's all, it's, it doesn't matter because it's all just people sharing. They're not right or wrong. It's just people sharing how they feel, you know? And with music, it's, I've, I've thought that same thing, what you just said for so long. It's so weird to be in a band with people. And like, you really think you could be on like a really good, like similar wavelength, you know, like you can kind of predict where people are going to go with the part you're writing or playing or whatever, but you never, you'll never know how it feels to them. Yeah. It's really strange. Even if you ask them. You know, maybe they can't even properly explain it. Yeah. It's weird. It is pretty weird. <laughs> it's cool, though. I love that about it. Yeah, no, it is cool. I just want, I feel like there's so many things like that. Like, our our perceptions of things, it's just, it's so crazy to think, like... Oh, yeah. You could be in someone else's body and you feel like you're in, like, some alien world or something. Yeah, this completely. not at all what I'm used to. I have, a, I have a friend back home who's colorblind. And, like, there are a lot of people that are colorblind. But right. I always think, like, what do you see when you see that color? You know, or like this sounds pretty silly. My girlfriend and I sometimes sit around and we have this like six month old kitten at home. And we think like, do you think he thinks we're cats too? And we just like look different. Like we're a different kind of cat. Right, right, right. (laughs) Or we just, you know, say to each other all the time, what the hell is he thinking right now? You know, but it's, yeah. That's that's a colorblind guy. Is he seeing things like the right way? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's right and wrong? I don't think there is one. It's just, yeah, it's weird because like red. To everyone is one way. Right. But to, you know, somebody who's colorblind, it's just, it, I don't know what it is. That's the thing. And they can't explain it to you because it's the way they see it. Cause they're not like, cause you know, I could be like, oh, what kind of, uh, kind of shoes? Like what, what, what color shoes should I wear tonight? You know, to this wedding or something like, oh, just wear like, you know, like I'm going to wear, you know, a blue suit. Should I wear blue shoes or black shoes or whatever? Like, yeah, wear blue shoes because like that, those colors look good together. That's how so many people think. Right. You know, but what does a person's colorblind do? I feel so bad. <laughs> but they're, they're, they don't care. It's like, it's, it's, it's for people, for people who can see colors, feel like they're privileged, you know, like, right, oh, right. poor guy. No, they're fine. They're cool. They're yeah. living their life. They're good. Totally. But I'm really curious to understand how they see that. Yeah. It's weird because they can't explain it. Well, then there's also the idea of like, like someone's trying to explain like the existence of like God or something to me. And I was like, I was like, well, whatever, you can't see it. And he was like, well, you can't see radio waves. You can't see sound. Like, he's like, all this stuff is happening around you that you just can't perceive. Like, how do you know yeah. that they're, and I was like, I guess that's true. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you're just, that, oh, that's the other thing too, man. I mean, if you, if you get into the topic of, you know, like religious belief and debate, really, it's, that shit will go on forever. Yeah. Among human beings, you know, yeah. just because everyone thinks they're right. But no one knows the hell they're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? I personally don't believe in God. But I can't say that there isn't one. Like, you know what I mean? I'll like joke like, God is dead. Ha ha, cool, whatever. Because it's funny and it's punk and all this stuff. I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know what I believe. So I don't believe. I believe in karma completely. I believe in treating people the way you would like to be treated. For sure. I think I, I, I believe that people should treat each other better than they do. I believe that there's more of a reason to get along, to to find a reason to get along with someone rather than, you know, to look look for a conflict. Because at the end of the day, it sounds kind of dark, but at the end of the day, no matter what you do, like for a living or where you live, where you're from, what you're into, what your interests and hobbies are, everyone's here for the same reason, which is to play the game of life. It's just a weird little game because then you die one day. 
And then I think you just die and that's it and you're done. I don't know if you go somewhere. I don't know if you're going to meet someone. If you're, you know what I mean? Like after you're dead, I don't know if your spirit goes somewhere because I'm alive. So I haven't experienced that yet. (laughs) Yeah. And no one that's died has ever been able to be like, call their friend, be like, hey man, just so you know, like I just died and now I'm here. I'm at this other spot. So see you whenever you die. I'll be waiting for you. That obviously doesn't happen. (laughs) So it's just a strange way to live if, to me, my own opinion is that it's a strange way to live fearing God. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks all over the world that like, they use that as like a positive, like a positive way to kind of like describe, um, their humanity. Like, oh, I'm a good God fearing Christian. You're like, what? That's crazy. Cause you're just, you're afraid of something now. That's no way to live. You should just be going out and if you believe in that or not, don't, don't be afraid of it. You like, em- right. like embrace what you love rather than, like, you know, tell everyone you are a God-fearing Christian. If you really believe in God, then do that. Cool. That's fantastic. Do whatever you want. But don't be afraid. Don't like limit your life just because you're, you're worried that, you know, when you die, you're going to have to answer to something, to someone. Well, I think that fear for, is like, for something, is like you know? used to manipulate people a lot. Oh my God, of course and it I is. I think that, yeah, yeah is like, 100% it is. But I mean, it, but it's just so strange to me because like I said, like I have no idea what's out there. So I'm just going to live my life thinking that it's only people and on other planets, there are other life forms and that's a whole other thing, (laughs) but we're not alone in the, in the universe and everything. And we're just inhabiting one planet. And that's just what we're here to do is just, you know, you, you just do all you can in the time you have and do doing all you can quote unquote is just doing whatever you want to do. If you like something, then do that. You know, if you like music, then do music. If you like another kind of art form, do that. If you want to, if you like numbers, then go into that. Like do that for a living and money is a whole other weird thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you have to do that? You have to, you have to utilize what you love in order to make money to provide for yourself. If you have a family, provide for your family, uh, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your partner, whatever, you know, like you, you provide for these folks and your and your and yourself by doing what you love and making well, you sorry you get handed pieces of paper with a number on it. like it's not, so weird. we're not on a gold standard anymore no. so it's like the money like really it's really is just a piece of paper it's just a piece of everyone paper just sort of or agrees yeah like okay i'll trade you for this but yeah. it's like uh, yeah I, I really do think there's going to be some kind of crazy financial collapse and i like oh, i just yeah. feel like that can't it's like oh we'll print more money yeah, we'll just make more. You can of just it. do that. <laughs> what does that do? Like, and how does like that affect China, everything else? Like, oh my god! Trying to own like we have so much debt to them. Yeah. It's like I feel like it's just such a crazy system, and everyone just kind of like goes along with it. But what happens like when everyone's like, no? I mean, the sun will explode one day. Right, money will become obsolete one day. Whether it's in our lifetime or not, it will. It will happen. The interesting thing to me is that. There are so many people all over the world now, you know, trying to utilize and like kind of bring back into play the whole bartering system, right? And like trading and stuff. It's fundamentally speaking, it's the exact same thing as paying for something with money because you're trading currency. You're trading this piece of paper or this coin for something, whatever it is. You know, it could be obviously be, you know, anything. Right. And, but, you know, the moment you bring in the whole like bartering thing or trading thing, you know, into play with a tangible physical thing rather than, you know, like I can trade you this that you need and I'm going to take that because I need that. And everyone's like, no, no, my God, no, that costs twenty nine ninety nine, sir. Like, right, right. Oh, okay, cool. And then there's 
tax and all this stuff. It's so silly, man. It's so silly. It is pretty silly. I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine that it'll happen in our lifetime, like the whole collapse. But I, I mean, obviously I could be wrong because who, who the fuck knows? But I mean, I know it'll happen one day. It's got to. Because it's just, you're, we literally built like a world that is us walking on eggshells, you know? And it's just so strange to finally, you know, realize like one day all of this shit will be gone. It's getting really dark in here. I know. This is like when, I, so usually Steven's here and I feel like whenever I'm alone, this is like totally the way the conversations go. I feel like everyone's probably like, oh. I'm into it though. That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, I think I really like talking about this stuff because I think it's important and I think that I talk about this documentary all the time, but that Michael Rupper documentary, Collapse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about it's it. It's incredible. I should, I should and then really Vice just did kind of, right before he died, he, they did kind of like a follow-up with him. But okay. like, he had all these ideas about the financial cla- collapse and um, his idea who people are like, oh, we'll just like get off the grid and stuff. And he's like, the people, people who are off the grid are off there already. Yeah. Like those people are set up and you're not going to survive there. Yeah, of course. And that's the other thing too. It's like, I feel like so many people are like, like that's my thing. I just worry about it, but don't do anything. Yeah, I'm of course. Like, well, I'm going to be totally. Sc- I'm going to be like, I saw this coming. Like, listen to this podcast. Yeah, and like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're yeah, in I city. wrote a song about yeah. it. Yeah, come on, man. You didn't hear that song I put yeah. out? Shit. <laughs> I know, but and it's and it's it's not to say that there isn't anything you can do, but it just it, it it takes pretty radical action. Yeah, you know, and I mean, in this day and age, like any kind of radical action is met with usually like aggressive and brute force. Totally. You know, it's a silly it's a silly thing, man. I mean, like, but. It's interesting to talk about it because it makes some people really uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Some people are just so resigned to the theory of, you know, the whole kind of like the the whole stature of society that we were talking about earlier. Like you go to school, you get a you you graduate, and then you go to more school, and then you graduate, and you get a job, and then you have a family and all this stuff, and then that's it, and then you die, and then you go to heaven because you led a perfect life. That's your right. perfect life. But man, like so many people do terrible shit that they don't tell anybody about. Everyone has dirty little secrets. Even if it's something like, you know, like if one person admits something to like, you know, like a total mobster kind of dude, like it's going to pale in comparison to, you know, the level of evil (laughs) or wrongdoing, obviously. But everyone has, you know, for whatever their level of conscience is, they're going to have something on there that makes them feel uncomfortable about themselves. Something they've done, something they've thought, something they've seen and not done anything about. And that's the thing is like, where, where, at what point do we as, as human beings reach that point on our own kind of like, like, ah, just like our own compass, our own moral compass of like, how much is too much? Like, at what point do I start trying to act out and doing something about it? Cause I just hate the way I see things going. It's just like down a pretty catastrophic trail i've been watching the news the last few days in the u.s like i'm from canada dude and like obviously it's like still you know first world westernized country of course but like watching the news in the u.s right now i feel like i'm in a fucking movie yeah i do i'm sure everyone does you know it's just it's insane but i mean it just seemed it just that's what it is you watch these movies and then you're like like five years later thinking wow this is actually happening now yeah should they have made that movie well, no, that's cool because now everyone knows about it because everyone saw that movie. But now I feel like I'm in a movie and it's just going to continue down this dark path where the whole world's going to explode one day, man. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, our last tour, we were supposed to play in St. Louis like the night after all those riots broke out in Ferguson. Oh, yeah. It was like a huge thing where we had to like talk to the promoter and going online. It's like, you see, then you see footage of that and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. And like, 
course. in America for like weeks. Like it's it really does seem like Oh, you mean like they just keep talking about it for yeah, weeks and weeks no, and weeks and whatever? Like, that just, just people are just like standing off with the cops. Oh, and, like, yeah. Cops are just like, yeah. killing people, and it's like just lasts for, so crazy. Yeah, the violence lasts for way too long, and that's the thing. It's like not not to seek violent action to to try to save, you know, what you believe in is like pure and everything. But I mean, because I'm not a violent person, I think that's a silly way to go about things. But a lot of people, you know, tend to disagree. That's the only way to solve a problem. But it's yeah. the same kids that bullied everyone, and you know called people you know like fags in school it's like stop being so terrible you know yeah. what i mean like be th- a good person th- let's th- think about it rather than just act you know and i mean yeah the whole the, the the violent nature of the whole world and and it you know and and the financial collapse and all this stuff it's all about money and that's the thing it's like people get killed over this stuff people get killed over their belief in in something supernatural all the time every day people die because they disagree. One person says God is dead. One person says God is real. And sometimes they kill each other. Really. Or like God was... No, neither of them know what they're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. Or God was at this place. And I oh, think yeah. my God's right. Yours yeah. right. Like, yeah. It's so bizarre. But I mean, that's just like... Human beings are pretty wild in general. I mean, I just like wild meaning like, you know, just... You can't put your finger on them. Right. Well, it's this, so strange. This kind of figures into my belief about aliens. Okay. Um, and this is like a theory that I heard from the Joe Rogan experience. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Podcast. yeah. I'm a huge fan, but he's really into aliens Yeah, and he had someone like an expert on, and the guy was basically like, sort of what we were saying earlier, like you can't see sound waves. He was like, aliens aren't really like, we think of them as these big headed things. He's like, really? Yeah. It's probably someone just like us. who's like a thousand years ahead mm-hmm. in technology. Like if you came, you know, if I came down here with like an iPhone 200 years ago, people would be like, oh, you're like. So he thinks it's just more advanced civilizations and they could like be so hidden that mm-hmm. there's no way we could, they could be invisible or they could be a tree. But he was like, they wouldn't show themselves to us because they don't think we're ready. Because like, they see the way yeah. we treat animals. They see the way we like yeah. kids. Like they see whatever the other. prison camps in you know, like, Siberia. Yeah. Yes. Oh, of cor- yeah, of course. So it's like, I feel like looking at the planet like objectively is like seeing this bacteria that's just destroying <laughs> it. You're like, These people aren't ready for us to show them like the enlightenment. We've of course. Kind of, like, yeah. Just beam down and be like this could all be yours but yeah. you've ruined it <laughs> yeah totally yeah no no I, I i i tend to agree with that i mean it's the same thing as like in like you know again not to talk about movies the whole time but it's kind of how i like live my life <laughs> no i understand <laughs> uh you know like when you see like in any kind of story tv show movie or whatever where it's like us human beings from this day and age like modern day people traveling great distances to uh embark on on a journey where they're gonna they're going to uh they're going to discover a new place right and then they stumble upon like this ancient civilization who has never seen like an airplane or anything like that you know like usually some of those people get killed you know like the modern right. day folks who like show up in a plane you know what i mean and like storm a beach or whatever and there's like you know it's like mesopotamia almost and they're just they have spears and they're you know they're killing people because they're afraid Human beings would be so, are, and have been, and always, not always will be, hopefully, but, you know, I think for a long period of time, we'll continue to be afraid of that kind of, you know, like, close encounter, all that kind of shit, you know what I mean, like an alien coming down, like, they're gonna, you know, there's, there's so many stories about that, like, people just try to attack do you what think that's just of. like a survival instinct? I think so. Evolution, yeah. I think and just so. being like hunted by animals yeah. or whatever. It's 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 survival instinct, and it's it's a it's like this fear tactic. 
You know what I mean? That uh, that it's just been kind of placed in everyone over, you know, through just you know their surroundings. Yeah, and it's not just like it's just not just mass media. It's just the way people treat each other. You know, but it is like I feel like a mass media really does. Play it definitely, into that. oh, it, it definitely re- plays it a huge really role, crazy. of course. Yeah, but some people are, you know, I think some people believe that it's only, it's only a video game's fault, like a violent video game's fault that like a kid, you know, is a violent kid and like you right. know, like kills someone or hurts his friend right. or something in like a really like nasty way. It's not just the video game; it's everything. Everything yeah. adds up, you know. But I mean, yeah, it's I easier will. to point your finger at one thing though, exactly. and be like, exactly. "This is this, this is this song or this video game." Of course, or I mean, you know. That being said, like that gnarly, violent video game probably plays a really big role, and you know, mass media obviously plays a really big role because everyone's addicted to. Like, I have, I have a phone. I have a phone on this table beside me. You have a phone on you probably somewhere. Right. You know, everyone's got one. Everyone's so addicted to it that it definitely plays a big role. But I think it's a little more than that. I think it's. I think it. The way people treat each other is just like you get conditioned to it almost, you know. Luckily, being in a band, it's actually pretty great. Yeah, because everyone, I think, for the most part, everyone knows that we're here for the same reason, you know, and we're just here to hopefully allow, like, to present a scenario to an audience where they can enjoy themselves. And you know, like, we're, we're musicians; we're enjoying ourselves when we're playing music. You know, like that's it's about having fun and creating something positive. And like, you know, some bands use that platform to get their ideas out there. Bands like Propaganda and stuff, who are like brilliant people, right. brilliant songwriters, and and like just like such forward thinking individuals that they they can use their platform um, of playing music to really teach people things. You yeah. know, to enlighten people and to to really educate people on what's actually going on because a lot of people and I'm the same way I'm no like I'm not trying to come off saying that I'm some super enlightened guy and that like I don't buy into you know typical you know bullshit like of course I do because everyone really does but you know I I remember I've learned so much about the world through music you know and it's it's fun like my band doesn't really write like very vocally about you know political stuff it's not like coming right out and saying it, but it's, you know, that's in a lot of the songs, you know, like just kind of, you know, either satire and like where we're at as an, as like a, you know, like a civilization or just like questions more so about it. But man, the guys in propaganda just yeah. know they're so smart. They really are. <laughs> when it's- we toured with them, I was like nervous to talk to them sometimes about certain things because I just, I would, I would want to hear what they had to say, but I would have nothing to contribute. <laughs> but they're also like, I feel like have such a sense of humor. Which oh, they is do. Like such an they have such an incredible sense of humor. Yeah. And we I kind know of talked is, yeah. the same thing about Joey. It was like, he was like, yeah, our songs, our album covers are kind of goofy with Lagwang. But he was like, a lot of the music is really dark. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Like I spend most of my day surrounding myself with people I love or people that get me really stoked, smiling. Talking about fun stuff, whatever, doing fun stuff, playing music, touring. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work that not many people may, may realize, but that's a whole other kind of topic. But the songs, the lyrics that I'll write are pretty dark because I can't write about the stuff that makes me happy. I just want to enjoy it. Right. I want to enjoy the things that make me happy. I want to write about things that confuse me or piss me off or I just don't, I, I, I don't understand or I haven't figured out yet. And this is how I'm going to try to figure it out. It's just scratch. A pen, it's not even a pen anymore. Let's be honest. It's me right, right. flicking on my phone with my thumb, you know, and writing it down on my notepad on my phone. Um, but it's, yeah, I remember reading an interview with our guitarist Scott one time because he so rarely will do an interview on his own, I guess. And I read it after and he was like telling the the journalist how like he's so surprised whenever he reads and hears the lyrics I write because I'm like a happy guy. But it's weird because it's just like that outlet. 
I think I'd go right. crazy without that outlet for sure. Because then like, what would I do? Like this whole really dark, weird existential conversation we're having. What if we couldn't write music about it or just, you know, write something about it, have some kind of outlet. We would just, you know, we've been talking about how we think too much. We would just be thinking way more. Totally. Which could be dangerous. I think talking about it is good too, though. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, if you can turn that into your art, that's yeah. even... I think I'd go totally crazy without it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Do you ever feel like... I feel like propaganda... I love propaganda, but I feel like I've heard like them be criticized for like... Oh, you guys are Canadian and ta- you know talking about like American politics or how? So, I mean, is that is that weird? Because I feel like being an American, yeah. you, that never pops into your head. Like, yeah, does you feel like that's something that ever comes up or that you um, feel like before you say <clears throat> something like, well, because it seems. Yeah, I mean, Canadians just get a, a whole like we have a reputation of like not really knowing what's going on because we live in this perfect world. Right. It's not though, and people are always you know they bring up the fact of oh well you guys you guys have healthcare that's great you guys have free healthcare in a way. Yeah, but if you ever go to Canada, everything is so expensive because you're paying every single thing you use that weird piece of paper for. <laughs> right. You're paying for the like, you know, down the road if you break your arm, you've already paid for it. That's how that's how it works in Canada basically. You think it's I more mean, it's more expensive than the states? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Especially certain areas like, you know, like I've always thought that like I'm, you know, I live in Toronto, like I I've always thought Toronto, New York City to be like New York City's the older brother to Toronto. You know, Toronto's the younger brother to New York. They're very similar. Uh, you know, and like the whole economy is pretty similar too, because it's yeah, they're both kind of expensive right. towns, whatever. But oh my god, if you go anywhere rural Canada and buy groceries or a pack of cigarettes, let's just leave it at that. And then you go anywhere in you know like the heartland of America. Oh my god, you'll be spending at least five dollars extra in Canada on that. Really easily, easily, yeah. Um, I mean, but it's, I mean, the the whole topic of, especially like a band like Propaganda, like being like criticized for being Canadian. So like, I, like I'm, I'm assuming what you mean is that like, they don't, people are going to them being like, you don't know what you're talking about. Cause you're Canadian. Or like you, know you almost like you can't even voice this. Opinion right. Cause, cause you're you not from here. here. Yeah. Or you're not Man, from here. What is so valuable to so many people in so many different walks of life is an objective opinion, you know? And that's, you know, what Propaganda could be totally to the world, to America. You know, is like, hey, we're really close to you guys. Like geographically speaking, like we can see all the shit that's going on. You're blowing it, right? <laughs> you right, know? Like, right. And they, it, it's it, it's not like they're you know dogging on America or this country or that country and then saying Canada's perfect. Right? It's not. You know what I mean? But it's uh, yeah. I think that's I think that's a drag if people are going to come down on them. You know, in some way, just criticize them for not for for basically they're being criticized for getting involved, even though they're not from here. Right. So you need like an American passport to talk about America? No, I, don't think I so. mean it's just like I don't I think just, so at all. I think it's smart that propaganda, you know, do what they do with their music and their their whole uh their 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 chance to educate people. They right. really they really take advantage of it. They don't take it for granted, but they really they're they're really doing it, man. They've they've like our bass player John has been vegan for two, two and a half years now. And a huge part of that was because he's such a huge propaganda fan and he would just listen to these songs and he loves animals. And over a course of, you know, year after year, he'd be like, man, these guys are really like onto something smart here. You know what I mean? Like, and a huge part of the reason he went vegan is because of the lyrics that Chris Hanna writes and that Todd writes, you know, it's the songs that propaganda write. And, you know, we have friends, obviously like, you know, a lot like veganism and punk kind of go hand in hand so he's been around it enough to realize that that's what he wants to do but before that he was you know doing what everyone in in a 
touring band does. He's right. just eating fast food all the right. time because that's all you have time for. It's all you can afford and that kind of thing. But he's taken a really healthy turn in his life because, I mean, to be honest, it sounds silly maybe to some people, but largely to propaganda. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. He's doing great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, that idea of just like negating someone else's opinion because like you don't agree with it. Because yeah. I, I sometimes do that to people as a joke and they think I'm like, someone will be like, I'm like, oh, I love this record. They're like, I don't really like it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm just like a music journalist. I write about bands <laughs> yeah. for my job. Yeah, you would probably yeah. know better than me. <laughs> and they'll be like, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's like for a second, they're like, man, this guy's such an asshole. Yeah. But well, I'm because sure people that's what, really like that. that's what some people really do. Right. Yeah. Of right, course. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Fresh eyes or ears can be just as handy as years of experience, you know, totally. I mean, yeah, that's funny though. I, I do that to people all the time too. Yeah. It's just, Cause it's just, you know, sarcasm is a great, you know, way to, you know, show people you have a sense of humor. It is. Although <laughs> that's, a, that's another problem with like technology. I feel like sarcasm does not translate. Into oh my God. And I feel yeah, like it I've definitely doesn't so translate through trouble. text. You always, yeah. ha- you always have to follow it up with like a wink emoji or <laughs> totally. something. And I yeah. hate doing that. I know. It feels cheap. It does feel, yeah. it feels like pandering. It feels like you've kind of like, not like, it feels like the art of, um, conversation has been killed in a way because of that. Cause like, People just, I know so many people that have literally like admitted to me, oh, I'd much rather text someone than call them. And like everyone gets like that, I think at some point, if they're busy, someone calls you like, I can't take this right right. now. I got to, I'm doing something, whatever. I'll just text them. That's totally fair. And it's, and and, you know, I mean, who am I to judge? It's totally fair if someone's more comfortable texting someone than being on the phone. Some people have social anxiety. Totally fair. That happens to some people. Great. But you can't, there's no tonal value to a text message. You know, and like, oh my God, if you like, if you text like the wrong person, something, your life is over. It feels like for like the next like two hours, like, oh my God, like I did not mean to text that person that like, you know, like, I mean, if it's something kind of dramatic or something like, oh my God, now they know that would have never happened if you just called the person. Right. You know? No, it's true. Well, it's strange. I mean, but like, let's, let's be honest. So like technology these days is to the point where like everything is so convenient. I was like literally at the venue before we came, I came here uh, posting tour dates for the tail end of the flatliners tour coming up and i couldn't i couldn't post the tour poster on instagram because the internet wouldn't work and i was getting so frustrated i was like fuck i'm so close i've done all the shit like i posted all the photo or all all the tour dates on our facebook i posted all the tour dates on our website and i did like the twitter thing and i did this and this and you can like link it up so easily i just do it all separately for some dumb reason and i was like i have to post on our instagram and i couldn't do it i was getting so frustrated And then, you know, but it takes that level of frustration to realize, like, take a step back, be like, wow, dude, well, it's also just there a, are worse things. <laughs> yeah. I feel like generationally, like, the way we interact with technology is so crazy. Like, because, like, oh, yeah. just, like, dating for me over the last few years, it's like, like, I'm maybe, like, eight years older than you. So it's like, let's say, like, you're a generation behind. Like, I feel like if it's, like, a girl your age, or like, they want to text all the time where it's, like, I had a situation where, like, I texted her was, like, maybe eight years older than me. And she's, right. like, not looking for a pen pal. It's like they just, and I was like, "Whoa, and that's that, that's good though." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, "I was like, okay, like I appreciate that, but it's so weird. It's like yeah. you never know, like what's right, what's wrong." Of course. Like, no, I know it's weird. I mean, it, it, it's there's a whole there's a whole new layer of social grace now, you know, or maybe there's less social grace now. I don't know what it is. It's actually, just, I feel like the etiquette is like just like fluid. Like no yeah. one knows what's right, what's wrong. It's like. It's true. I mean, and guys like us who think who 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 think we we think we think too much. Yes, isn't that weird? Yeah, that <laughs> is weird. I just want to say that that way before I continue. But like you know, like guys like you and I, 
will like text someone something probably and then just be like, what are they going to think? If it's a sarcastic joke, so you have to do the wink. Totally. Do you <laughs> so do they that? know? Yeah. Or you, you do that do thing it. where like every time I pick up my phone or get a message, I'm like, it's going to be something bad. Oh, dude. And I'm just like, oh, it's man, almost I do never that. something bad, but I, I whenever know. I see it, I get an you, email. Like, you, I'm like, dread, oh. you dread what it is, like <laughs> what, what it could become. Oh, my God. I do that. You know what's weird? I've been dreaming really weird stuff recently. Like really not like not like really horrible or like not really it's not tragic it's not horrible it's not violent or anything it's just like really weird scenarios between like friends of mine but it's weird because it's those dreams we wake up and you only remember like a, a bit of it it's just like a little trickle of it is left but you wake up being like whoa i just got in this weird argument with my friend about nothing yeah that was my dream that sucks you know yeah. like oh my god it's probably because i've been away from home for so long that i miss my friends or something you know some like that's my my like brain's way of telling me like you do this too long man <laughs> you're only gonna argue with your friends because they'll be mad right, at you right. for leaving you know like, yeah yeah i know I, I i get like that too man like i look at my phone sometimes and and i mean let's let's be honest too let's list the things that i have on my phone running at all times email text facebook messenger whatsapp instagram twitter facebook pages for a band and the my now solo project thing right. and my graphic design thing, which is very grossly outdated. <laughs> but there's so many things at my fingertips. So there's like a myriad of, of possibilities as to like which app, which, you know, like avenue someone is trying to contact me. And I tour a lot. So I know a lot of people. I've been right. fortunate enough. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. I've been fortunate enough to meet and befriend a lot of folks all over the world. And there, it's a beautiful thing that I can keep in touch with all these friends of mine, family. It's so great, but it's still, I still dread half the time I pick up my phone like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea why. It's such a drag. So I write songs about it instead. I'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Until now. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's I, a weird thing though, man. I think it's just like, it's just, it's like too much. That's, that. I think like at the end of the day, that's what it probably is. So I'm like, oh my God, like I get stressed. Like usually when we roll through Toronto on a tour, I'll like, turn my phone off the day I get in because it's just too much. But then that creates way more like wacky scenarios too. Like I tried to call you like, oh my God, right, I didn't know right, where you right, were. Right. People freak out now if you can't, you can't get a hold of someone because technology has just be, made it so easy to always keep tabs on people, right? Yeah, or like think of it like if you forget your phone, it's like your I don't life know how is to over. get anywhere. Dude, like, your I life is over. Like, I left my phone. I left my cell phone in a cab. It was like two years ago. No, it was like three years ago now or something like that. And, uh, were you in Canada? Or in the I was. I, I was at home. Luckily, okay. I wasn't on tour or anything. But like, I left in a cab, and the next day was my mom's birthday. My brother was going to pick me up at my house, and we were going to drive out to see my mom, and all this stuff. And like, it was fun because like, I had plans with my mom, who I never get to see. I never get to see my older brother either, you know. And still, I couldn't enjoy their company because I was so mad at myself for losing my phone, and I was freaking out. Like, what am I going to do? I got to text this guy and tell him I lost my phone. No, I don't. Just wait. I'll just. Yeah. It was like remember when people had answering machines. I kind of want to go back to that. That'd be fun, actually. Yeah. Just like a month or, let's be honest, a week and see if I could do it. <laughs> could be fun. It would be fun. It could would be, be could be awful, too, though. Well, I feel like even now, it's like <laughs> someone leaves a, leaves a voicemail. I'm like, ugh, I gotta listen dude, to I, this Dude, yeah, I never it's checked like, dude, my voicemail. Like 10, and people are like, yeah. and I call someone back, like, this is my voicemail. I'm like, no. Like, well, I explained everything in it. Like, it's like a all you had to do is hit play and for some reason it seems like less work for me but explain to me now again i know it's weird but the other thing that i think is because i totally agree with you i was talking to a friend of mine about this recently it's so weird to me that half the time people don't check their messages but also half the time people leave a message instead yeah. of just text you yeah you know 
It's kind of weird. I often leave messages and as I'm leaving it, be like, no one is ever going to listen to this. This is such a waste of time. So you time. just start fucking with the friend sort of yours of, you're calling? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I just start saying really weird shit. Yeah. Or like, you're never going to listen to this. Yeah. So, But I still have to do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I so rarely check my messages. I used to be really good at, um, when I was going on tour, be like, uh, you've reached Chris. I'll be away from this date until this date. So email me if you have my, like, if you know me, you can email me or you, if you, or if you're already calling my number, you can just text me. I never do that anymore. I should get back to that. I don't know. Maybe it's good to have some mystery. Well, that's like, true. Yeah. You don't want people. That's, that's, yeah, that's true. That's fewer, that's fewer times a day that I would dread looking at my phone. <laughs> Man. It sucks too because like my girlfriend will text me. And like, I'll like be stoked on that. You know what I mean? But like every time it's like a double-edged sword too. Cause I'm like, you know, like I remember the first time I was ever away from my girlfriend, her and I've been dating for like pretty much like three years. And I was like, the first time I was away, it was weird. Cause we'd text a lot, but we'd never like talk on the phone. Like every few days we'd, t- we'd like chat on the phone. Yeah. It was great because then we actually had something to talk about, even though we'd be texting the whole time. Cause it's, you know, it is what it is. Like couples text, like whatever. It's just the, you know, it's just pretty pedestrian kind of stuff. It's not like we're sending each other photos of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm eating a burger. <laughs> it's not that, you know? Right, right. Um, just like, you know, you're just doing, you're, you're doing small talk all day to make sure, you know, you're both okay. Right. You, you, you know, you miss each other and you're, you're far, you're far apart and you want to make sure that like, you know, I want to make sure that even though I'm not there, she knows that I, in a way, I kind of am. You know, not like a creepy way. That sounded, that came out wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like no secret cameras. Yeah, no, no, no. None of that. None of that. Well, I, I, <laughs> She found them all. So <laughs> no, but you know, you, you just want to like show. If you if you do something for a living, you're away from home a lot. You want to show the people who are special to you and important to you. You want to show them that you can still be reached, right? Right. So then, half the time you get these texts, and you're hoping like, oh, it's no, it's not her, or it's not him, it, or it's but, not them. You know, you're like, ah, oh, it's someone else. It's and also, it's cool because it's like a friend being like, I'm going to come to the show tonight, and then you read it, and you're right. like, I'm an asshole. Why am I such right. an asshole? But I also feel like. And you, you two are way more than I do, but like, it's weird. It's like, I feel like people expect that. And it's sometimes it's just like, you're in that mode yeah. and you're just like, I don't want to like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to put the energy into like, doing this. Like, I just want to get to the show, play like, this is just yeah. like another thing. Yeah. I've definitely been in moods before where like, you know, we're in the thick of like a, it'll happen again on the tour coming up in the fall. Cause I was going to say you're in the thick of like a six week tour. Right. Right. And like, you're in like New York. Or Chicago or any, any city for that matter, like Vancouver or anywhere where you have like a lot of friends and you're like so happy to see them. And it's so great that they take the time out of their, their, their life to come down and like see you do that because they've done it a million times already and they'll do it a million more times for you because they're your friend and they love what you're doing and they're proud of you and they want to be a part of it and they want to, they want to show their support. So they come down and they see you at a show. And it's so great. But then sometimes you're like, I'm exhausted. I feel sick. I miss home. I am broke. I can't do anything. And then you're like, oh, all like, I, all I want to do is sleep, you know? And then it's like this weird selfish thought that probably a lot of people may, may not admit, or maybe they do, and I just don't know. But they're thinking like, oh, I wish I could just like not see anyone tonight of my yeah. friends. You know, it's that, and it only lasts a moment. It's not a whole thing like you're hanging out with your friends later that night you're thinking like this sucks it's never it to to me it's never that because in the moment that you see your friend and you're so far from home it gives you that sense of home even if they're not at all from toronto like i am you know what i mean you're just it gives you that sense of camaraderie and that sense of belonging and that sense of worth 
you know? And that moment just before we were like, oh, I feel sick. I'm tired. I'm broke. I'm hungry, whatever. Like I miss home. It's gone because they're there, you know? But then it all, it's that whole day of leading up to it and the texts and all this stuff. It's just like, I wish it was just a thing where like, do you remember when you could call someone and you didn't have to dial the area code and you had to call them to get in touch with them or write them a letter? Yeah. That was cool. That was yeah. so simple. Or I like wish there was a simpler meet, meet way to do it. this place and let's exactly. just agree and then we'll see each other. Yeah, there. I wish there was a simpler way. But four people, days. Yeah, exactly. I wish I wish there's a simpler way. But, I mean, we can't dog on it too much because, on the other hand, it is great to be able to be like, hey, we agreed on that time and that place. I'm going to be late. Right. Just to let you know. Yeah, Send that's you a true. text. You know, that that's the thing. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, the whole the whole, like, strange, strange, like, <laughs> neurotica of it all <laughs> i think it's just about like, is, is it's 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 funny to think about yeah i think know? it's like what i take away from this conversation is like maybe like push past that like like initial negativity yeah or that feeling and then like once you can get past that then everything's okay of course yeah and i feel Usually. like yeah i feel like a lot of the time the negativity from from me if i if i'm feeling anything like that is only because i'm fucking exhausted right you know what i mean like I'm not the one to, you know, spring right out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm going to take a couple hours usually to like, you know, perk up and enjoy my day. Not that I'm like, I don't think I'm a grouch in the morning or anything. I'm just fucking tired. Right, right. <laughs> I need to drink like three cups of coffee before I really feel anything or can contribute to a conversation or anything like that. And like, you know, we both know people, everyone knows people who can like just jump right out of bed and be on it. Our drummer Paul is so good at it, man. Like he, he is just like, he has such an active, uh, social barometer all the time. He's so great at it. You know what I mean? But I just need, I think like, I love hanging out with my friends and my family and stuff. And you know, all that being said before you, like, I love seeing them, especially when I'm out on the road. It's just that weird, like, it's that weird, like grogginess Yeah, that you have to, you know, it's, it, it, I think it comes largely with the whole routine of traveling especially on tour it's like it's just so monotonous people think it's so exciting and it can be for sure you know like i said earlier like you get to see these rad places because you play music with your friends it's great but it gets pretty monotonous too sometimes it's the same thing like how many times you know have you been to a, a rad city this legendary great place to go and you saw the corner of the you know or like you know you you, you saw that one corner of the city where like the bar is that you played at Right. And that's it. And you had a long drive in and then you play and then you have a long drive out. It's happened so many times to so many people. But that doesn't happen to you when you're home. I feel like it happens to me when I'm home. Like someone will be so, like, oh, yeah. like one of my friends yeah. and we're going to go see this band I like. And then like that the night comes up and I'm like, ugh, I just want to sit home. Like, this sounds <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know yeah, how I'm sure. going to physically even make this happen. That I get yeah. there. I'm like, this is great. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, I'd feel like people just, you know, it's, I don't know what it is actually. It's tough. It's tough to put your finger on. I think it's just. I mean, especially in a city like New York, man. I mean, there's so much going on yeah, all the time. That's, that's, that's got to be true. part of it, right? I mean, well, there's any so much big going city, on, there's so much and, like, going on. It's so hard to get anyone to commit to doing anything because yeah. everyone's kind of waiting for something cooler to happen. Of course, of course. So it's like, I mean, and I'm probably going to be at your show tonight, but who knows? Like, yeah, maybe something something cool is going on. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, kidding, but yeah. <laughs> no, I know you mean. And then you got to plan your whole route there. The TTC, man, the 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 transit commission in toronto fucking sucks too really? so it's just like i walk everywhere yeah you know like yeah if my girlfriend and i go to a show or i'm meeting like a buddy to go to a show i'll just walk usually or take a cab which sucks it's so expensive and i mean in new york you gotta be doing a lot of that too 
Yeah, right. I almost never take halves, but I'll oh, like, really? That's like awesome. stubbornly. Like, yeah, 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 I'll, okay. I'll end up, I could have been home in like 15 minutes. It took me like over an hour. Like I should have <laughs> done it, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, everyone gets like that though. Everyone yeah. makes plans for months even. And then the night comes and it's just, cause you make a plan without knowing how you're going to feel that day, you know? And right. like some people, you know, sometimes, you know, like being in a band, like playing a lot of shows, like sometimes I don't feel like going out to a show. You know, and then there are other days like, man, I went home for uh, last weekend and uh, for a friend's wedding and I got home at like 830 or nine o'clock at night on a Friday and Gaslight Anthem and Against Me and oh, Northcote nice. played in Toronto, but I couldn't go because I just got home late and I was like the one time yeah. something that would have been awesome. I'm in the mood to do it, you know, like and I just I couldn't make it happen like timing wise. Yeah, because like I landed around then, and then like you know you wait for your bag, and then I took right, the right. subway into the, I took a bus to the subway, and the subway into the city, and then I was only home for three days as well. So I mean I'm not gonna like you know thanks for waiting around for me, honey. I'm gonna go to a show. You want to come? No, okay, I kind of want to go anyway. Right, like, right, right. I've only seen each of these bands ten thousand. Yeah, times exactly. Before. Oh man, but I'm sure it was an awesome show. Yeah, because that's sure a hell of a fucking good. lineup, dude. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. I I feel like that's that's just what people do. People love making plans. And because like a whole, a whole other like layer of the onion too is like people love making plans to go do something to post a photo about it. And I love Instagram. I love the internet. I love all this stuff. I love social media because it's just so easy to reach people about your band now or your art or your thing, whatever it is. Obviously I'm more invested in the uh, art world or whatever with it, but people do like, you ever seen someone's Instagram account? It's just all photos of themselves. Yeah. Doing something. weird. Man, how lame is that? It's super lame. I had a thing. I feel weird when every once in a while I post a photo of me and someone else in it or just me. Yeah. Every once in a while I'm like, hey, this is dumb. I'm going to do it anyways. But some people just do that. I had a, that happen like a moment like that today when Joey was here. Because I was like, oh, I should take a picture with Joey. Like, and then I was like, thought about it deeper. I was like, well, why do I want to do this? Yeah. I was like, oh, so I can prove to other people <laughs> that I was like, I just had an hour long conversation with this dude. Like that's yeah. way better. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, I have and, that. You know, that happened. Sometimes it's cool to sometimes seal the deal cool. with like. Totally. This is a cool memory. Totally, you know? totally. But I do feel like sometimes, like I'll take, like I talk, I'll take these like blurry band photos. I'm like, this photo sucks. But yeah, I just like is Gotta it, post it. Yeah, I was there. Is it, is it like yeah. I want to hold it over people's heads, or is it just me being like know, it's insecure, or is it like it's just it becomes just like this ingrained thing? I like, think I think eventually it just becomes habitual, and I bet there are so many people out there that do not think about it the way you and I do. Right. You know? But I mean, yeah, they're like you know, there's like girls that have. Instagram accounts that are just photos of themselves. Yeah. Is that all you do with your life? And how, and the, the other interesting thing to me is that how many, how many photos in that photo shoot, that bathroom selfie, whatever it is, like restaurant selfie, where, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's a selfie. How, how many photos did you take before you landed on that one? Right. Before you decided I, that's the one to post. I don't. It is so weird. The thing that boggles my mind, I'm sure this is so. And guys, guys do it too. I didn't mean to just yeah. say girls. Guys, guys do definitely too. do it too. Whenever even I see clear. a picture of someone, like, and it's like a selfie and they're not holding their phone, I'm like, how did you yeah. do that? <laughs> like, I, I follow these yoga people and they're always doing these poses and I'm yeah. like, how, like, it's so get weird. the right angle? And yeah. like, I guess you have, I'm sure there's like a million apps where you can set a timer or something. But yeah, to there's got to be a self timer like, thing. I think, like, I think on some, like, Apple. OSs, at least there's like a self-timer. There's got to be. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, it is that, 2014. It seems like, I don't think I ever am going to... I know. It's so weird. I Or like, it's funny It's funny when... Actually, a friend of mine posted a photo the other day, and it was like a funny photo of him like with something. I think it was like him with the new iPhone, and it was like the U2, because U2 has their oh, right. album like preloaded on the new iPhone. And he 
And so it's literally, it's clearly his phone he's holding. So he's not taking the photo. And someone commented on the photo. He's like, I really love, what did he say? It was like, I really love the, your dedication to the bit because you got, you went so far as to get someone to take a photo of you with your phone on their phone and then send it to you on your phone and then you post it from your phone. And you could have just, you know, like in like so, so other, so many other scenarios, it's just people like snap right, a photo right, themselves, right. you know, and it's just, right. it's just funny. And like, it was such a pedestrian thing to me at first to just look at the photo like, oh yeah, someone took that photo. But then the fact that that guy commented and like went through every bit of it, I'm thinking like, that's hilarious to And me. took it so other people it's just could such look a at small it moment. on their phones. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's such a small moment in time that can be so like, like it can be dissected at great length. You know, and it's just funny because like the only reason that's funny to me now is because people like have accounts online to show people how great their life is. All they're taking photos of is themselves. Yeah. It's not like, here's me at the Grand Canyon. It's like, not even that. It's literally just like, here's me and that's it. Right. And it's so weird. And it's not. Here's me with something else in the background you can't even see. Yeah. It's not you when you're like crying in bed eating ice cream like you know what i mean like, like there's that whole meme of like bay bay caught me sleeping again like you took that photo yourself i mean of course yeah. that's like let's you know I, my favorite is like uh like girls who will like post these photos and be like ugh, i'm so ugly today oh and you're my like, god come dude, on yeah. and everyone's like no you're so it's like dude come on yeah like I know, that's man. Like, and it's like you can't point that out. You sound like such an asshole. Oh, of course you do, yeah. But, but I mean, like, but you're right in saying that. You know what I mean? Like, right. why, why are you doing this? Like, you're right to question it. I should right. say. Like, know? I think everyone wants that, like, positive reinforcement and stuff. But yeah. sometimes it's just like it's so crazy. It's like you can't think this. No, of course. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with sharing with the world what you've been up to. Right. You know, no matter what you do with your life, I think that's cool. Sure. I think it's cool that you can do that now. You can. You know what I mean? Like, especially if, like, you know, you're a fan of, like, a, an actor or an athlete or a musician or whatever. Like, anything. Anybody. If you're into numbers and you're a fan of this, like, accountant or something. Right, right, like, right. Maybe that accountant has an Instagram account or a Twitter account. That's cool because it's this, it's this connection that you, you don't really have but you believe you have. You can, you're kind of seeing the world through there. It's a filtered world. I mean, well, there's a filter on the photo and it's a filtered world <laughs> because they're posting what they want you to see. But I think that's cool. But yeah, it just pisses me off almost when like those people that are posting selfies are probably doing some pretty cool stuff right? in yeah. their own lives. You know what I mean? Like to some, maybe it's boring. To other people, it's super exciting. Like they're probably doing these great things that they're not showing the world because they just want to show the world themselves, their physical self. But you are showing the world yourself by showing people what you do and what you're up to and where you're going. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, say you're like some kid from Quebec. Fuck it. Say you're some kid from Japan and you travel across, you know, the ocean. You get to, say you're, you go to Portland and you take a photo of a cup of coffee, like a Stumptown coffee. You know what I mean? Something like that. Or you take a photo of a fucking tree. You know what I mean? You've never seen a tree like that or something like that. And you just say like, made it to Oregon. Look how beautiful it is. That's cool, man. Not like, here I am at the airport, just my head, you made it to Oregon. You know, like, right, come right. on, dude. Like, it's great to know you're still alive. You could have taken a photo of anything else and proven to everyone that you are still with us. <laughs> you know, it's such a strange thing, man. But that's actually why I kind of love the internet because it's just, I could never stop talking about it. You know what I mean? It, it will never cease to amaze me. Yeah. I don't know how anyone ever stops talking about it, <laughs> it's a, to be honest. It's such a rad place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's such a rad place. 
I don't know. It's funny too because like, okay, so you're you know Chris Farron, yes. right? He has done such an incredible job with just like being the internet, dude. He's such a rad guy. He's such a talented songwriter, and like he's yeah, I mean you know he's such, such a lovely dude, and he's so funny, and he's just you he's been able to utilize the internet to just show everyone that that's cool. You know what I mean? Like he anything he does, I will follow him because he's so cool. And I mean, it's just interesting to me that all it took was the internet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's, he's always been that way before the internet, you know right. what I mean? And if the internet collapsed, like he'd still be that way, but now everyone knows. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of trippy to think about it that way, but it's cool because he, he, he does it well. Let's be honest. He does the internet really well. Yeah. He's on a whole nother level. <laughs> he man. is, man. He is. But no, it's a, uh, it's, it's funny too. Cause I remember like the first website I ever went to was marvelcomics.com. I remember the world before the internet. You know what I mean? I was young when the internet came about. I'm 27 almost. Like, I remember, you know, the world without the internet, but I couldn't imagine the world without the internet now. It's nice to go away sometimes right. and like unplug. Oh man, went to my friend's cabin, dude. Unplugged. It was great. I got no cell service here. My girlfriend actually is so stoked when we go somewhere without cell service because I'm just always on my phone. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's cool because that's like, that's the way it should be, but I just am fascinated with the fact that you can just keep in touch and do all this shit. And like, especially being in a band, reach so many people. So like instantly, right. you know what I mean? Like I post two dates for the band and so many people see it right away. It's pretty rad. I mean, I, I remember byofl.org, book your own fucking life.org. I, I never saw the book. I never I got the, the physical yeah, copy. Yeah. I like, I remember hearing about it and like seeing photos of it on the internet. Yeah. Right. Like all, probably on their website. But I remember the website and that was cool. But I like, dude, I booking a tour without the internet to me. I mean, I, this is, this sounds dumb because I'm a young dude, but it, I, I have the utmost respect for everyone who did anything involving communication, like before, especially like a traveling roadshow kind of thing before the internet. Cause that must have been just the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, at the time it probably wasn't because it's just how it was. Right, but and I think compared there was to less now. competition, I think there's so many less. Oh yeah, well that's true as well. Like, but no, you're right. I mean, the logistics. Like, we went to Canada for three days and we had to buy a GPS. What like, really? No, well way. because we didn't have one. We we're using our phones, and then oh, we were yeah. using our phones in Canada. It's so expensive. And we, yeah, and yeah. we were like, we bought it, ended up returning it at the end. But that's I was good. like, <laughs> I was like, we can't get around anywhere without GPS. Yeah. What we do? Ask for directions to the show. Like, Man, we'll never find it. We did. We did a tour in Canada, across Canada tour. This is like 2007, I think. Um, with this. Uh, band from Switzerland called the Peacocks. They're like a like, like a rockabilly band. Okay, and they, I mean, the whole European thing is totally different. It's like the quality of life over there. I mean, just me going there as a you know tourist, pretty much. Like, seems the quality of life over there is just so much greater because people are just truly happy with what they have, you know. And life is much simpler and. And again, you know, on the music side of things, like you don't have to hand out flyers or put up posters all day at a festival or whatever to be like, this is when the band I play in is playing our set. They just know, right. which is great. But uh, aside from that, it's a thing where it's just like, it's so, man, it's so weird because I think that if you were, I'm trying to, I'm trying to word properly what I want to say. Like, if you were to go, somewhere in the US. If I were to go on tour somewhere in the US or Canada even, being a Canadian and like stop on the side of the road somewhere at like a restaurant before I got into town and ask for directions 
So many people be like, what? Just check your phone. Google it, dude. You ever heard of Google, dude? You know what I mean? Like, shit like that. But that's exactly what the Peacocks did on their Canadian tour. They would like, they knew what highway they had to take from city to city. And they'd just roll into town early and ask for directions. Yeah. It was beautiful. And that was yeah. seven years ago. You know? Like, it's not that long ago. Like, oh, so rad. And our friend, our friend was on, like, was in the van with them doing merch for them and stuff. And he was like, this is awesome. He was all about it. But it's 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 it, it, it must it's, have been a really refreshing thing for him. Yeah, you're, to you're interacting with people. Of course, you're meeting like, people. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild, man. Yeah, I wish I could do that. All right, that was Chris Cresswell from the Flatliners, and uh, as we talked about a lot here, he has he has a label out on Joey Cape's thing, uh, One Week Records, that him and Joey worked on, where you kind of record an album in a week. And uh, it's it's awesome. So you should check that out. Check out all the Flatliner stuff. Yes, definitely. If you don't have any Flatliners, you will not be disappointed. Check out Canada. It's great. I was just in Vancouver a couple weeks ago. Be- I don't think that's where the Flatliners are from, but it is beautiful. And I just, just saw... Uh, just in general, check out Canada if you've never been. Just in general, after you check out those two records, check out the country of Canada. It's pretty beautiful. It's pretty thing, nice. actually. Yeah. I just saw one of my favorite Canadian bands grade the other night. St. Vitus, that was pretty oh, really? amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love Canada. Yeah, I love Canada too. Actually, don't tell anybody. Don't yeah, you know, it. don't go up there. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, if you've done anything illegal, though, you can't go up there. So they're very be scared. very careful going to Canada. Um, and check us out on all our fun social media handles. You know them. Thank you very much for donating. If you want to continue doing so, that's awesome. It helps us uh, keep things uh, running here at the Going Off Track Land. And uh, please come to our live show. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. December 12th, Friday, 7 o'clock. Be there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.